Welcome today to our midweek Bible study, Morning Glory. I want you to grab your Bibles and join me today in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11. I want to show you a prayer that is the easiest prayer you could ever pray. It's the kind of prayer that you pray at one time, and you don't ever have to pray it again. I think it's one of the most interesting prayers in the Bible, and certainly one of my favorites. The shorter, the simpler, the easier, the more I'm into it and able to uh, understand it and use it in my life, I think you'll find it true for your life as well. Now, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures, help us not to miss things that would be right beneath our nose that are so simple that we would try to make it complex. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. I believe that all of the instructions, the commandments of God, that they're not complicated. I believe they're all easy. Now, the one we're going to look at today, this prayer today, is uh, it can't really get any simpler than this. But it is something, uh, there is something in this prayer that quite a few believers, they miss the main part of it. It's kind of like uh, like the Coca-Cola formula. Nobody really knows what it is. Well, uh, some of the basics we know, there's obviously water and some sugar, but these other things that are in there that give it that secret formula. Well, if there is something that's not in that recipe, it's going to be, it's not going to be that original. So to stick with the original and to do what Jesus said, there is one thing that's very important to making this work. And if you do it, this really will be the prayer you pray at one time and it's done. Let's talk about these things today. So Mark chapter 11, let's go right to it. Verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, now this is Jesus talking. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask. Now, if you were to read this in the King James version, it basically refers to uh, whatsoever things you desire. The word desire is not there in the original Greek. Uh, it is the word ask. So uh, sometimes the newer translations can uh, not be quite as accurate. But in this case, I believe they're more accurate. The word really is the word ask. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask. But don't don't be, how can I say, don't let that throw you if the word desire is not there in the original Greek, because the very fact that you're asking shows desire. So it's, it's there, it's implied there in a sense, so it's still good. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, you're not really asking for things to come into your life that you don't want, that wouldn't make any sense. So the fact that there is something that you want to ask, it would imply that it's something that you desire. So I'm happy with the KJV translation as well. Uh, but this gets straight to the point. So therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, and that's a big, uh, that's a big arena. You know, the Lord's not really hemming you in with certain things here. Uh, we do know that if we want to balance this, that it has to be according to the will of God. It has to be in God's plan for your life. But at the same time, again, that's a huge area of liberty and freedom you have in that. So you have a lot of flexibility. And if there's a desire, something special that you would like in your life, 
uh, in many ways, you'll find it that it is something that's suitable that the Lord says, yeah, that's fine. Uh, but now we're going to get into the simplicity of this and why still it frustrates a lot of Christians. Uh, it's an amazing, an amazing statement Jesus made. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, okay, so obviously you're going to ask God for them in prayer, right? You're going to go before God the Father, say, Father, in Jesus' name, you know, I'd really like this in my life, and I'm, I'm praying, uh, and I'm asking you for it right now. Pastor Stephen, I've done that. Pastor Stephen, I've asked God so many times, I thought I wore him out, and I still don't have it. <laughs> Where am I missing it? You're probably missing it in, in the place that is very easy to miss, very easy to miss this. I uh, wouldn't look down on anybody who's missed it. Uh, I, I know that there were a season in my life, times when I was especially young in the Lord, I, I didn't know this. And then even later when walking with the Lord and knowing it, oh, it's real easy to, again, miss it, the simplicity of it. Okay, so it's not a trick. Uh, the Lord is never a jokester. I mean, he has humor, okay, but the Lord never plays with people. He doesn't toy with people. Uh, no, he's not like that. So it works, but you have to follow the instructions precisely. Okay, so I want to, re want to read it one more time. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Here's where people miss it. When I say people, I'm talking about God's people, of course. They pray to God. God, I would really like this thing. Uh, you know, let's say uh, like a vacuum cleaner, okay, just create something out of the air. God, I would really like a vacuum cleaner, okay, obviously God, you know, He's sitting on His throne, and God doesn't see that a vacuum cleaner is sinful. He doesn't see that it's something that would cause your soul to go to hell, <laughs> all right? So God has no problem with you getting a vacuum cleaner. Now, I'm sure you're asking God for it, because for whatever reason, maybe you don't have enough money to go out and get one, or I don't know, maybe you want one that is like a high-end vacuum cleaner. I mean, it's kind of funny today, right? I mean, you can go to the home improvement store. There's vacuum cleaners now that cost $700. But I'm, I'm sure they're really good. And, you know, they don't lose suction, and they do the special things that they're supposed to do. So maybe you don't want the $29 vacuum cleaner. You're asking God for the, let's say, the uh, $2,000 vacuum cleaner. God, I really want that. Uh, I just really want my carpet clean. I want my house free of uh, dust and all the particles. I want to really, I want that $2,000 vacuum cleaner. Okay, so God the Father, the creator of the universe, uh, you know, the Almighty sits on His throne. Uh, he can handle uh, seeing to it that a vacuum cleaner is brought into your life. Okay, so it's, it's not an issue with God. God has the power. God has the ability. It's not, a, it's not an issue with, su with uh, supply and demand. Okay, there's, there's a lot of these vacuum cleaners out there. They're all over the place, and uh, the, the people are buying them, even the ones that cost $2,000, okay? So they're there. If you want one, they're obviously out there. You just need the, uh, you need the money to buy it or, you know, God to touch somebody's heart, somebody to maybe buy it for you. Bottom line, you need God's help, okay? So you go before the Lord. God, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, Father, I'm asking you right now for a vacuum cleaner. And... They, the Christians pray it with all their heart. They, they're sincere. They mean it. And then they walk away. 
and then they come back again uh, maybe a week later. God, I, I, I am sure you heard me last week, but just to remind you, I'm, I'm back praying. I'm just really bringing that before you again about that vacuum cleaner. It hasn't showed up yet. Okay, you're already off track. You're off track. Why? Pastor Stephen, where, where is the person making the wrong move? Um, in the area where most people miss it. Here it is. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them. When? Right there on the spot. And Jesus said, if you do that, and you will have them. Well, that Pastor Stephen, I thought that Jesus said that when we pray to God and we ask, then we'll have it. Uh, that's not what he said. He said, he said, pray and ask. And when you do, okay, when you're having that, that one conversation with God, God, I would like this. I'm asking you for it right now in the name of Jesus. Okay. Jesus said right then, right then when you're asking and when you're in, in, and you're praying right then, as soon as you get that prayer up, then you believe right then that you've got it. Well, now that's kind of silly, Pastor Stephen, to believe you've got something before you ever have it. To actually believe you have it. I, I don't see a vacuum cleaner sitting around, Pastor Stephen. Okay, see, that's why people, they don't understand the principles. Uh, and God's endeavoring to get a person to learn what even the great theologians uh, you know, learned. And it's all through the Bible. You don't have to be a theologian to learn it. But, you know, the Great Reformation really was the essence of the just shall live by faith, not by sight. I have determined to start a new Reformation, Pastor Stephen. We'll call it the Fourth Reformation of living by sight. We have to have proof. We're not going to believe unless we see it. No, God's never going to get behind something like that. That's in the flesh. It has to be a faith, not just blind faith, faith in God's Word. Okay, so faith in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. And so that really is God trying to get you into a faith walk of trusting Him, working it His way, doing it His way. And when you do that, when you, when you pray and ask, and right on the spot, soon as you've asked God, okay, Father, I've asked you for it. I know you've heard me. Now I'm going to do what Jesus said. I'm going to believe that I receive it right now. And that, that, that part of the recipe, that ingredient to the secret sauce is the ingredient that most believers leave out. And a month goes by, they don't have it. Uh, a half year goes by, they don't have it. A year goes by, they don't have it. And then they get discouraged. See, here's the thing. A good Christian knows it's true, but they don't know where they're missing it at. They know it. They know Jesus didn't lie. They, they know that. In their hearts, they know that. Even if you're discouraged, you're sorrowful that you don't have it, still in your heart, you know, Jesus couldn't have lied. Where am I missing it at? Okay, so I'm here today to tell you that this is the prayer that you pray at once and you're done. And the reason it's done is because you have believed that you have received it. And if you really believe that, why do you need to keep going before God over and over, asking Him for it over and over again? I mean, what if you actually went before God like a second time and said, God, I'm just here to ask you again for it. Well, God would say, now, hold on a minute. Last time you were in my courtroom, you were in my throne room. You asked me for it. And then as soon as you finished asking, right in front of me, you said, I believe I've received it. Well, if you believe you receive it, why are you asking me again for it? Hmm? Well, see, uh, a lot of Christians don't think it out, but you have to, you have to do it right. Now, look, this thing with God 
is is very interesting because you you just can't please him unless you operate his faith principles. Hebrews chapter eleven verse six says, "But without faith, it is impossible to please him." It's not like there's some other way that you can do this. Well, I'm just going to storm the gates of heaven, Pastor Stephen. I'm just going to keep asking God till I wear him out, and he'll eventually say, here it is, get out of here. The only person who's going to get wore out is yourself, because there's no faith in that. That's just some kind of like work mechanism that you're trying to get into, and um, that, that's not going to produce anything except exhaust you, and then end up leaving you in a place again of frustration. I'm telling you, this is the simplest prayer, I believe, in the Bible. It is the prayer that you can pray it once, and you're totally done. You don't have to ever go back and pray it again. Now, for those of you that have been walking with the Lord for a while, you know that there's more than one type of prayer. In other words, if you have a, an unsaved family member, parents, let's say you have a child that's not serving the Lord. Maybe that child was raised in church, taught the ways of God, but perhaps today they are they're out of fellowship with God, and they're out living in sin, well, you need to intercede and pray for them. Not just once. You need to pray for them regularly, that they would come back to the Lord, that the blinders be taken off, that God would put labors in their path, and their eyes of their heart be opened. And, uh, you know, you just you intercede for them. You don't just, you know, pray uh, for a few minutes once and say, well, that's done. God's got it. You know, and then, no, there needs to be intercession. Just like the president, just like the leaders of, uh, of the nation. Uh, it's not like you just pray a, a one prayer in your lifetime. Maybe pray for 30 seconds to say, God, I prayed for them, and I believe it, and uh, they're all going to be saved, and they're all going to serve you and do the right thing. Uh, no, you, you intercede for the leaders of your country, and, and, you, and you pray for them. Okay, So there's intercession. There's types of prayers where you just you stand in the gap and you pray. But this... Here in Mark chapter 11 is not that kind of prayer. There can be other prayers where you come before the Lord, like, you know, kind of like a prayer of consecration. You know, Lord, I'm just here before you, and I, I just want you to know that if you want me to go to, you know, to the North Pole to minister to the Eskimos, Lord, I just want you to know I'll do that. No, I'm not saying, Lord, that I'm, you've told me that, and I'm not, I, I don't know, but Lord, I just want you to know I'm consecrating myself to your plan that even should you tell me to do that, I'll do it, okay? And so, you know, you just kind of, you know, maybe have other times of your life of consecration, okay? This is not one of those types of prayers. There's various kind of prayers. But here, this is the kind of prayer where you literally, you pray it one time, and you pray, and, and in that prayer you ask, and then right there on the spot, you know, before you ever leave the presence of the Lord, right there on the spot, as you have put that request in that prayer before the Lord, you ask Him and then say, now God, I know you've heard me, so right now in the name of Jesus, based upon Mark chapter 11, verse 24, I believe I receive right now the thing that I've asked you for. Now, when you do that, Jesus said, and you, you will have them, you will have it, whatever it is that you've asked, it's going to happen. Why? You're doing it the right way. But a lot of Christians, they don't do that. They, they go before the Lord, yes, with a desire, yes, 
asking in prayer for something and then they come back next week and they're asking again and come back a month later and they're asking again and there are some things in your life that God because you love him and you serve him and you know you have a heart for him there are some things that he's just going to merge into your life because it's his plan for you and he knows that he needs to bring that into your life and so uh, many things just happen because of your walk with God and who you are but there are some other things which is why this verse is in the Bible there are some other things they'll just they'll just float out there and sit out there and unless you you kind of like reach specifically for them they may not be something that's on that list that God just brings into your life, you know. And so I, I would suspect in many ways that if it's something that you're having to ask for, it's something that, you know, that unless you do something about it, unless you, not God, you, unless you do something about it, uh, on this side of eternity, it may not show up. Okay. Now, when you get to heaven, I mean, it's it's all there. You know, you're walking on streets of gold. You'll have a you have a body that's in in total health. Uh, you know, superhuman type ability. You'll be able to fly, do all of this stuff. And uh, I mean, uh, I mean, then anything you want, your heart's desire, and all the desires are pure and clean, and uh, you're in a sinless environment. I mean, it's just going to be incredible. But right here on, on this side, I would suggest that if there's something that you really desire and you you're asking God you really want that then you need to do what Jesus is saying or else it may not it may not work its way into your life through the normal course of living praise the Lord all right again let's cover this one more time therefore I say to you whatever things you ask when you pray believe that you receive them okay that's it right there believe that you will believe that you receive them and you will have them All right, so we see this also in James chapter 1. You see it through the whole Bible. But here it is again, James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And I believe along with that wisdom, there's many other things that God basically says, yeah, if you you ask me, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you liberally. But it's, again, it's the same type of asking has to be done in faith. And you have to believe that you're receiving it right there on the spot. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. By the way, it works the same for wisdom. If you ask but really don't uh, believe that he's releasing that into your life and that it's coming into your life, then you're not going to get it. It works the same way for wisdom as it does for the vacuum cleaner praise the Lord okay for let that man uh, excuse me for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways why he doesn't understand biblical faith moved by feelings moved by emotions and he's just not working it according to the principles of the word while wow, I'm telling you God's word is you can take it and work it just like you can take a wrench and go to a master mechanic can go to work on an engine and make repairs to it. You can take God's word and take it and go to work with it in your life and just start 
bringing addition to your life to the things that you that you would like the things that you need you can use this for healing you can use this for wisdom you can use this for the vacuum cleaner it's just you know it's a very big area where God gives you permission to ask for so these are things that you have to ask in faith and when you do you have to believe right there on the spot God I receive wisdom now thank you wisdom is flowing into me it is well brother it doesn't look like it well you know you can't get into all of that stuff that's all wavering and doubting well I think I just made a wrong decision I guess I didn't get any wisdom after all no no you have to in faith believe right there God's giving me wisdom I'm all I'm walking in wisdom I'm making good decisions Woo! praise God I'm anointed with the wisdom of God see if you're asking for it then believe that you're receiving it because mm, if you don't you, you know he said you're not going to get anything praise God God is God is trying to help us he makes it very clear very easy for us to understand now this is fascinating when you ask in prayer and you present it before the Lord and say God I know you've heard me God I know that you've heard this request I know you've got it so father Right now, I'm never going to have to ask you again because you've got it. So, Father, right now, I believe that I received this thing. Okay, I believe right now that I've got it. Okay, so here's the thing. If you really do believe that you have received it, and you let, let's say you really did have it because you're going to, what would you do? How would you behave differently knowing that you have it? Mm, these these are things that we must look at wow because I've worked this verse I have worked it in my life I've proved it I'm not teaching theory that you know hey that was really cool what Jesus taught no I've worked it from from a state of negativity of not having anything and not being able to reach it my own ability to work in that verse working that verse and then boom out of the blue it shows up it just shows up and there was no explanation except for you know God God did that but see God did that because I did my part when I asked in, in prayer I said now God I believe I receive it right now one time I asked God for a motorcycle this was when Kelly and I had just gotten married I still had a lot of that youthful uh, you know young guys like sport motorcycles you know with you know real fast and uh, so I had owned you know several motorcycles before that they were all sport bikes you know the Kawasaki Ninja and, and stuff like that thank God I've never killed myself I'm sure my angels got a really good workout protecting me from all the stupid things I did but nevertheless I got married and I you know was kind of beginning maybe to pass out of that phase of life or you know where all that stuff is so cool but still had a little bit of that in me so I wanted I wanted another uh, sport bike and I just it, you know uh, I had, you know, I had a Kawasaki and uh, had, you know, driven the Hondas. And I thought, you know, a Suzuki, you know, the sport bike would be really cool. I like the way they look. And, the, you know, so I thought I would really like one of those. So I went before God. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm, I'm asking you for, you know, a sport motorcycle, a Suzuki. And I said, I believe you'll give it to me. And so I ask you for it right now. I receive it by faith right now. I believe I've got it. So what I did is at, at my business site at my job site right out front of my office 
I went out there and created a parking spot uh, just for the motorcycle and put some tape down on the, uh, it was in front of my business, so I, I was able to do that. Uh, do that. I got some tape, some duct tape or whatever it was, tape that wouldn't come up easy, and it was colored tape, and I marked it out, and I, I said, this is where I'm going to park it. So I went ahead and got the parking spot all ready for it. And why? Because I really believed I had it. I had it, and I was going to act like I've got a motorcycle. And so, you know, you know checked on, uh, you know, how much it would cost for the insurance for the motorcycle, and uh, uh, and uh, made sure that the parking spot was there for it. And I was behaving just like a guy that had one, although I, although I did not have one and uh, didn't have any money for one. Uh, you know, we had a car, but I, I didn't have the extra to go out and do something like that. But something happened. Something happened uh, just a short while after that. And I was literally able to go down to the dealership and pick out anyone that I wanted and it was it was all when that stuff happens it's almost like surreal you're it's, it's almost like wow this is this really this really works and then you're thinking well if it works on this well else what else will it work on <laughs> it'll, will it work on anything within that b- boundary of you know asking according to God's will and stuff like that so um so praise God so I picked out this blue uh, beautiful blue uh, Suzuki sport bike that you know, was just crazy fast and uh, 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 you know and enjoyed it drove it around for a while and drove Kelly around on it for a while can you believe this in the crazy Southern California traffic I was driving that around and uh, and I just realized after a while you know I think I've kind of grown out of this not only that this is really dangerous for a minister to be doing <laughs> Woo. but you know when you're in your 20s you have a lot of fun you live life and your brain thinks differently than and uh, you know, you use, you get older, you start to use different muscles in your brain. Uh, I wouldn't call them muscles, but you know what I'm talking about. You you begin to think about different things, uh, such as what would happen if you die or stuff like that. And so, you know, wife, children, uh, you certainly don't want to endanger your life. So, but nevertheless, I had a lot of fun with that motorcycle. And then when I needed to sell it, sold it at top dollar and was able to get out of it and move it on over to somebody else. And uh, I tell you what, it was just, uh, it was a blessing all around, 100%, all around. Praise God. I, I know I have a pastor friend. He's uh, he's older than me. He's still riding motorcycles. And for whatever reason, he loves the sport bikes, the big, super fast uh, uh, sport bikes. So, you know, whatever your thing, if that, if that makes you happy, I know that makes him really happy. And he, he likes uh, he likes the Triumph uh, motorcycles. Uh, he because he always relates to that verse about triumph, you know, triumphing in Christ, the triumphant church, and all of that stuff. So every time he rides his motorcycle, it makes him think of Jesus. Praise God. <laughs> so uh, uh, to each his own. But my friends, this is absolutely amazing prayer. So when you ask, you have to ask in faith and then believe. Right then that you've received, believe that right then you've got it. And yes, that does require faith. Remember, if you've got it, you don't, if, if you, when you actually do have it, you don't need any faith, right? So that's what, that's the whole thing. God's trying to get you into a realm where you trust him and where you believe him and you take his word for it. And that word will perform in your life. All right. Now let's go to the book of Romans, Romans chapter four. And th- this is really a loaded uh, chapter, uh, really a key chapter for those that are in, in the end times that are 
wanting to not just survive but thrive and flourish and prosper in the end times you know let me say this concerning the end times and shakings or troubles or viruses or pandemics or you know you know whatever it could be you know whether it's you know the locust plague or whatever or you know who knows what could happen but I will say this regardless of whether you have food supply or not you know a lot of people stock up on this food that uh what i've been told you know tastes horrible you know the package of meals you just add water to them may look nice on camera but i've most people say whew you have to smile when you're trying to eat it in front of the camera but it tastes absolutely horrible well i don't really know because i don't have any of it but whether it's food supplies or you know guns and ammo and you know i I live in a rural area of america here in moravian falls north carolina most people have guns um most of the Christians here in the community have more than one gun. On the mountain I used to live on, uh, some of the people literally had armories. I, I'm not saying that lightly. I'm not talking two or three guns, maybe hundreds of guns. <laughs> uh, some of those houses would not be good houses for a thief to break into. He'd be Swiss cheese. So, But this is what I'm trying to say. Concerning any scenario in the end times, really God is responsible for taking care of his people and if you will trust him whether or not you have a gun whether or not you have a food supply and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that I'm just saying that God will take care of you and when you have a heart for the Lord really you know if you had a food supply if you really have a heart for God you're not just going to try to you know you know lock yourself into a bunker somewhere while you know everybody else around you is starving if you're really a man or woman of God you take that little that you have out there maybe it was just enough for you but you take it out there and bring it before the people and say no I'm going to pray over this food in Jesus name we're going to trust God to get us through this and uh, we're not going to be starving around here hallelujah so you know I just I view it differently I believe that God really does take care of his people he will defend his people and if something evil or awful were to happen God throughout church history has always warned his people either leave or stay and I'll protect you or pack your bags and get out because uh, you know the enemy's coming in bad things are going to happen and I want to spare you from that so we see that throughout scripture we see that even from the destruction of of Jerusalem in AD 70 where there was a short a a short break when the siege walls of the siege mound was being put around and um, Titus's father had to go back to uh, he had to go back to Rome and something happened and so there was because he his father I believe became the uh, the Caesar or whatever and so then Titus had to come in and take over but during that switch uh, when they were switching out military leaders uh, there was a break and God told the Christians get out get out get out and the ones that got out their lives were spared and the ones that didn't you know what happened they all got slaughtered so my friends God will always take care of you he'll always protect you and it's very important that you know not just theory about faith but really how to take God's word trust his word and hold to it and you'll find that he will take care of you no matter what part of the world you're living in no matter what uh, plague disease uh, famine earthquake or anything happens God will keep you right on going you'll be under the shade of his protection and his coverage regardless of what uh, would be going on around you you'll be like the children of Israel in Egypt while Egypt was getting blasted with the plagues the children of Israel were over there right next door you could call it like a uh, 
you know, it's like you have a big city, you have all these subdivisions outside, then that's kind of the way it was for them. They were over there in Goshen, and they, they were just totally exempt from all of the calamities befalling the Egyptians. God protected them. And this is very important to understand Romans chapter 4. It is a faith-saturated chapter. Now, I want to get to verse 17. As it is written, <clears throat> I have made you a father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed God. So this is talking about Abraham. It says, in reference to God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. He calls those things that do not exist as though they did. And this was something that he began to pull Abraham into that when his name was Abram and he still had no child with Sarah, he said, I'm changing your name to Abraham and you need to begin to tell people your name. Okay, let people know who you are, you know, the father of the multitude, and here you are with no, you know, you and your wife, you have no children. But this is a part of calling things, just you're creatively calling them out, okay? Again, you call those things which do not exist as though they did. And that's, that's important. When you really believe that you have it, you just say, God, thank you for it. Let's go back to the vacuum cleaner. You just say, God, I thank you for the vacuum cleaner. Lord, it looks beautiful. You know, this is things you can just do between you and the Lord. Lord, I thank you for that vacuum cleaner. I believe I've got it. Lord, I just thank you for it. I've got the cleanest house in town. Woo, hallelujah. I've got the best vacuum cleaner in the world. Jesus, thank you for my vacuum cleaner. I praise you for it. Okay? You just do things like that. What are you doing? You're calling those things that are not as though they already were. Okay? And that is just a part of faith. And God obviously did that with Abraham. And then, of course, Abraham turned around and did it himself. And then we also see in verse 20 concerning Abraham, it says, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So what should you do? The same thing. You should give glory to God. Give glory to God. Here's Abraham saying, God, I give you glory for my son. Lord, I give you glory for my son. He has no son, and he's so old that it's medically, physically impossible for him and his wife to have a child. And you say, God, I give you glory. I praise you. Thank you for my son. Mm -mm. Oh, thank you, Lord. Mm. Such a handsome young man. <laughs> and he has no son. <laughs> but he gave glory to God. Do the same thing. God, I thank you for my vacuum cleaner. Whatever it is, God, thank you that I'm healed. Hallelujah. Now, you've always had the people that, that would say, well, you I don't see a vacuum cleaner. Where's the vacuum cleaner? You don't look healed. What are you talking about? Well, you know, you use discretion. You use wisdom. Uh, there are those that don't really get it. But there are times when God does have you do it, and you'll have to do it perhaps in an atmosphere where there can be unbelief. But you know what? You just stand your ground. Now, what would you say your name was again? Abraham. Well, how many kids you got? Well, me and my wife, we, we, uh, uh, we're, uh, we're going to have the promised child. Well, it seems like you're supposed to have a whole bunch with a name like that. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I've got it. Where is it? Well, I've got it. You know, see, it, just, just stand. Just stand. Hallelujah. And there may be a, a few that are inquisitive. Maybe they, they dig and they kind of wonder what you're up to. That's okay. They'll also eventually see it. And that's a great witness. As we all know, that Isaac did show up. Praise God. So give glory to God. Give glory to God. Pastor Stephen, when I see it, I'll be praising God. Now, you got the whole thing wrong. That's what a lot of Christians do. You got the whole thing wrong. Pastor Stephen, when it's there, I'll be praising him for it. No, you praise him now. 
you give him glory now. See, he was giving glory to God before Isaac ever showed up. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. These things are very, very important. In some ways, they could seem very, uh, very simple, and they are right beneath your nose, and they are, but it's, it's just one of these little areas where people miss this key ingredient. They just think, well, when I, when I see it, then I'll believe I've got it. And then I'll know God has answered my prayer. Well, no, you don't even need any faith then. I mean, if you see it and there it is, wh what faith does that take? No, the, the whole thing is about faith building process. Let's go back to it one more time. And this is Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them when when do you believe that you receive them? Right then. I believe I receive it when I see it. Well, no, you don't have to do any believing then. It requires no believing then. Uh, there it is. Why do you have to believe for something that you already have? Pastor Stephen, I'm believing, I'm believing for a cup. Well, there's a cup right there. That doesn't take any faith. I, I don't have to believe I have a cup. Well, there it is. You, you're believing for something that has not yet been brought forth in your life, manifested in a physical, tangible way. Praise God. So when do you believe that you've got it? You believe that you have it when you, when you pray and when you ask. Okay? Believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So I present to you, that's where many of God's people are missing it. And so they, they do the first part right. They, they pray and they ask. And they come back next week. Oh, God, did you hear? I'm back again. They, I'm, I'm back. I'm praying. I'm asking again. Come back six months later. I'm praying. I'm asking and some give up with this, with this concluding thought. They give up thinking, well, maybe it wasn't God's will. Maybe God looked down from heaven and thought that if I ever got that, maybe I'd leave the church and just run wild and never serve God anymore. Maybe he's holding it back from me because he knows it's just, I can't handle it. No, that's usually not why. Usually God wants you to have it. And truth be told, he actually wants you to have it more than you want to have it. He delights in it greatly, just like a father does, a mother does, parents do for their children. The child is happy, but the parents are extra happy. They have a deeper, just a deeper uh, love uh, and joy in the whole thing. So God wants you to have it, but you just have to do it God's way. You, you pray and you ask. And in that activity of praying and asking, the moment you've given it to God, right then, Lord, I believe I've received it. I believe I've got it. Praise the Lord. Now, when you do that, Jesus says, you shall have it. Okay? So, also, again, if you really do believe you have it, do those things. You give God glory. Walk around your house and just say, God, thank you for it. I thank you for it. In your mind, see it. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for it. In your heart, just begin to talk because that, that faith is in the heart, and it just let it come out. God, I thank you for it. Give expression to it verbally with your mouth. God, I praise you for it. You can use this for the vacuum cleaner. You can use this for healing. God, I thank you for it. I know you're hold, not holding back sickness. Into, excuse me. You're not holding back my healing. You're not holding back my healing. Jesus, you redeemed me from the curse of the law, and you bore sickness and disease upon yourself at Calvary. So you're not holding back my healing. So Jesus, I, I, I just receive it, and I, I receive it now, and I believe I've got it right now. And you just begin praising him, praising him, thanking him for it. Now, as you really get into this thing daily, throughout the day, just praising God, 
I tell you what, it, it becomes real. It becomes real. Here's what I would suggest you do. Begin with something that is not gigantic. Something that's not ginormous. Begin to use Mark chapter 11, verse 24, the very words of Jesus, to bring into your life something that would, you know, make you happy. Okay? Maybe like, like the vacuum cleaner. Okay? Something like that. Uh, maybe, it, you know, it's not the time or place to believe God for, you know, uh, you know, a space shuttle. Okay? I know it's retired, but that would be an example of something, you know, way out there. Believe God. Use your faith on Mark eleven twenty four for something small, and then when you see it work on that, then go to something larger. And then when you have accomplished that, then just move on over to the next thing doesn't mean you still can't pick up some of these smaller things that make life a lot easier and they add value and happiness and dignity to your life you can always use your faith to grab those but as you grab those just keep using it for stronger and stronger projects praise the Lord mm -mm. it works it works hallelujah again let's read it one more time therefore I say to you whatever things you ask when you pray believe that you receive them and you will have them. Wow. Pray it one time, and you're done. And from then on, just start thanking Him for it. Start praising Him for it. God, I've got it. Woo, I've got it. Hallelujah. Well, brother, it doesn't look like you've got it. Oh, don't worry about it. I've got it. Keep, just keep on praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God for it. Praise God for it. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean you need to go out and start telling everybody. You know, some things you have to walk in maturity and wisdom. And uh, but but see, you can still work it. You can still work it. And if somebody does hear you and would you know they're kind of wondering what you're up to, then you can tell them that that's that's fine. You'll have those that understand. You'll have those that'll think, yeah, that's cool. And um, so you know. But as for yourself, just stay on it. Just keep praising the Lord. Stay on that one thing, and then, as Jesus said, you will have it. Okay. And then you can enjoy the reality. Of having seen God's word performed in your life. Praise God. Very simple, isn't it? Very little verse, very, very short, uh, very simple prayer. And you only have to pray it one time and then you're completely done. Doesn't get much easier than that. It's just that it's so easy and so simple that, uh, you know, it's a very simple recipe, but you leave one thing out of it, one ingredient out of it. Uh, you and I both know it doesn't work. So, don't forget to put the key ingredient in, which is what? Believe you've got it as soon as you present it to God in prayer. Right then, believe you've got it. Praise God, and you will have it. All right. Let's get ready to take Holy Communion. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Christ, you have heard me discuss some of the principles that are involved in God's kingdom. One of these primary principles is faith and trust in God's Word. God's Word is infallible. God's Word is perfect. God's Word is what has been uttered forth out of His mouth, expressed uh, and recorded on written paper, uh, on the printed page. The Bible was written by men that were inspired, divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is the infallible Word of God, and it all is in complete agreement. There is not one contradiction, not one error anywhere in the Bible. It is the perfect Holy Word of God. 
praise the Lord and if you believe that Christ is Lord and Savior if you really believe that and you believe that God raised him from the dead then you can receive him today as your Savior if you would like to do that pray this prayer after me say Jesus come into my heart wash all of my sins away write my name in your book of life I give my heart to you I give my life to you Jesus I accept you as my Lord my God and my King and Savior thank you Jesus for saving me right now amen God has heard that prayer and he has washed your sins away you now belong to him so serve him every day of your life and live for him now we're going to take Holy Communion let's grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread Heavenly Father we pray over the bread and the juice we set it apart as holy this is now the flesh and the blood of Christ our Savior thank you Father Father we thank you that speaking of faith which we have been doing today we thank you that our faith is in your word our faith is in your word and we thank you that we have the privilege of receiving the body and the blood of Christ we thank you Father that the body your word O God is what we live by we do need food for our physical bodies but father we can't live without your word so father we receive right now the body of Christ we thank you that every promise in your word is yes and amen and we agree with that father forgive us for any times where we have tried to work your word but we're misapplying it or missed one of the key ingredients and then maybe ended up frustrated or disappointed Lord perhaps maybe even ended up in doubt but Lord we ask for forgiveness that all sin be washed away and Father we just thank you that we are people that we are up in faith and we are on your word believing it and working it we thank you for forgiveness in Jesus name amen let's receive Father thank you for the blood of Jesus and we thank you that you always protect us and take care of us your Holy Spirit leads us and guides us through the inward witness we thank you for the blood protection of the Lord Jesus Christ over our lives father just as the children of Israel had the blood put on the doorpost of their homes and we thank you there was protection death passed over father we thank you that destruction passed over and we thank you that we are people that are washed with the blood of Jesus and that we are tied into you through Christ with a blood covenant his blood so father we just thank you for protection even as we are already in the last days we thank you father God that as it says in Psalm 91 though a, a thousand fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand yet it will not come near us we thank you for health protection longevity sharpness of mind vitality energy and strength anointing and grace and wisdom prosperity and blessed to be a blessing we thank you father God for all of your graces resting upon our life and that it is time for your church 
to shine. We thank you for the dawn of the new day, the end time hour in which the church is moved into the preeminent position of exalting Christ throughout the earth. We thank you, Father God, that while gross darkness will be in the earth and it will get awful out there for the sinners, yet for we, your people, it is time to rise and shine for your glory is being seen upon us. And we thank you for that light illuminating brighter and brighter until the coming day when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back himself. Father, we give you all of the praise. We thank you, Father God, that the angels of heaven are working with us and the angels on the earth are working with us and fresh groups are coming in bringing wisdom and revelation and understanding we thank you father for kingdom assignments we thank you that in you we cannot fail father we give you all of the praise and glory in the name of Jesus father we thank you we believe we receive visions and dreams and divine encounters with you father we thank you we thank you for marching orders from heaven we thank you for the angels assigned to our lives we thank you for your blessing upon our children that all of our children will serve you O God all of them will and even if those that would be perhaps uh, in disobedience they are still going to be changed their hearts will be changed and they will all serve you father we give you praise we thank you we thank you father God in Jesus name amen let's receive the blood of Christ I would now like to encourage you to be a hearer and a doer of the word right now find that one thing that has been elusive to you you've prayed and prayed and asked and asked and all that stuff okay find that one thing that has been elusive to you and ask God for it right now and lock on to it the moment you have presented towards God he's heard you the moment you have presented it to him and asked him for it right then believe that you've got it okay and stay on it thanking God praising God, giving glory to God, okay, until Jesus comes and does His part, which is, you will have it, okay, that's God's part, okay, you the first part, pray, ask, believe you receive it, okay, then God will come to the fourth part, the final part, which is the God part, which is, He'll make sure that you have it, okay, don't try to figure out how, who cares, that's God's responsibility, you just do your responsibility, be giving glory to God, be praising Him and thanking for it, and acting like you've got it, because you believe that you really do, and you'll see it work, praise the Lord. My friends, thanks for watching. 